Welcome to Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's the Tiny House Podcast. It's MJ. That's what I was looking for. This is Mark. And this is Pez. This is MJ. Wait, we, just, we did that. Oh, my God. I had an interview this week, and someone <coughs> asked me, and they said, um, which do you prefer? Do you prefer Michelle Boyle or you prefer, prefer MJ? And the uh, publication is so huge. I'm so, so proud. Anyways, I told them I prefer MJ Boyle because the larger for the larger sort of distributed publications, it, it maintains some sense of anonymity, but... Uh, <laughs> Like everyone's not going to know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess our listeners do, but, you know, not everybody does. <laughs> but you would like them to. I got to keep it. Well, there you go. Maybe I'm just trying to explain to everybody they're the same person. Okay. That's my back ass. <laughs> like That's the way you're putting it now. Exactly. My first internationally distributed print publication, one of the largest <coughs> distributed print publications in the world. Nice. And my tiny house is in it. Would that be Condé Nast Traveler? No. Would that be the Wall Street Journal? No. Would that be Playboy? I was going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle didn't say anything. She didn't. No, it's she not. But I oh actually okay. do have an off an off mic story about that. Um, no, it is actually Costco Connection. Oh, Costco, Costco, the Costco we know. Yes, Costco puts out a lifestyle magazine that comes out, um, um, and they have a lifestyle magazine that's distributed internationally. Isn't hmm. it tied to stuff they sell in the store, though? No, it's a it's a lifestyle magazine. Okay. Um, you know, so that well, Chevy, for instance, they have their own lifestyle magazine now. A lot of the major okay. brands are getting into the sort of kitschy fun stuff. Very very cool. So I did not know they were one of the largest distributions, <laughs> um, distrib- distributed mag distributed magazines in the is that in the world or just Correct. the U.S. Yeah, yeah, wow. in the world. That's really incredible to me. And I- not well so incredible so that you're magazines. in it. Well, because so many magazines, of course, have gone, um, they've gone away from print, and they're now doing electronic distribution and so forth. <laughs> <laughs> they're writing love notes, just so everybody knows what really goes on in the studio. Mark and it's Perry. It's one of the benefits of having <laughs> us all in person <laughs> in a little ten <laughs> foot space. <laughs> We're not doing Facebook Live, so no. they can't see you guys writing That's love right. notes. So actually, the I'm I'm actually stalling because there's a reason why I'm writing these notes that someone is not getting, and can you try it in English? Yeah, well, you can say words. I I don't want to say it because it'll it'll embarrass all of us. So I'm trying to get someone to give me a cue. I wish we had like a what's that girl's name on um, Frasier the the girl who was in uh, the woman who was in the studio doing the engineer who would pass. Fraser notes when he needed the information. <laughs> we need someone like that. Oh, thank you very much. Good You're welcome very much. Oh, really? No. Okay. You're I did not know much. that. I did not know oh that. Oh, my God. I still didn't press record. No, I, I did. <laughs> 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 just, just everybody relax. Calm down. Speaking of relaxing. Uh-oh. So there's this new... <laughs> there's this... You're such a natural... Sh- <laughs> so, so, so smooth. <laughs> I do practice segue. <laughs> 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 Finn and John have been relaxing to the max because we're late getting on to this episode. And um, really want to thank them in advance for being chill while we were uh, coming on late to start this show. Uh, Finn and John happen to be the man and woman and nine cats 
behind. Six. Six. Sorry, sorry, six. six. Not Damn nine. It. You got those. Yeah. I know. I got the number upside down. You were sneaking six cats, nine lives. Yeah, I was. You was. Ooh. Behind uh, a couple of really impressive festivals that are um, that have happened in our armed way, I believe. Is that correct? Both. Yes, both. Both, yeah. both. United Tiny House Association welcomed John and Sven. Yay. We're doing very well. Um, you sound like you're doing great. I expect this show is going to have lots of love and um, cats, cats and furry. Can we hit those six cats' names again, real quick? Yeah, let's do that. That's good. Okay, all right, we'll do it again. Uh, cats, Teddy, Furry, Dee Barney. <laughs> that last one's my favorite. Hey, goddamn! Come here, goddamn! It's been renamed. You know what we should have done for the. Trust me, there's seven of them. Seven? I thought there were six. They got one in, the in between when we started the show. <laughs> They're that fast. <laughs> we, found, we found one under the hood. <laughs> and then there's Brownie the Wonder Dog. What what kind of dog is Brownie? Patience. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we don't know. He found us. He, he followed Sven in uh, from her road work about four or five years ago. Um, somebody had shot him in the hip, and he was like all Aww. messed up and Aww. terrified of his own shadow, and Poor even guy. more terrified of my overly large shadow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> he was like. I think I'm going to go back to the guy with the gun who shot me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we took him in, and uh, he's been with us ever since. I, we did some backwood surgery on his hip and cleaned him up, fixed him up, and now he's Brownie the Wonder Dog. He has his own little website where he talks about living in a tiny house with six cats until we find that seventh one. And, uh, <laughs> does he, yeah, does so he get along cool. with the cats okay as a whole? Or I'm sorry? Does he get along with the cats okay? Or oh, just yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's yeah. super friendly. He 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 just uh, he tolerates a lot. Well, actually, the cats do kind of like they kind of him chew on bad necks and stuff. Yeah, it's sort of like Thai massage. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> yeah, no, he he does this whole deep tissue. I guess I guess he learned it from Finn watching her work out of my neck or something. He he does this whole thing chewing on on their backs and head, and they just love it. They just lay there like. Alright, a little bit to the left, a little lower. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, a lot, lot of furry love in this house. Oh, that sounded real dodgy. Yeah, that did smell dodgy. <laughs> 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 I thought that was only from that sounded dodgy from a Portland standpoint because there's a lot of furries here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's cute. So, how did you guys go about launching uh, fe these festivals? Um, well, we we had been living. You know, we, we live here in our little 304 square foot tiny cabin. We've been we're, we're, we've been doing it for about five years now, and I guess back in 2015, um, you know, we were seeing all the tiny house stuff that was going on out west. You know, and um, you know, ha hats off and a, a shout out to Darren and Coles and Angela and the uh, the, the Jamboree team. They're awesome, great folks, and they run a great show. And we were just. I don't know. I, I was just sitting here one night, and I said to my wife, I was like, all the cool stuff is happening out there. Why don't we have anything over here on you know the east side, the east coast? And I brought it up again like two or three more times. Just, you know, my wife, you know, she got tired of it. She's just like, do something about it then. You know, just quit, quit whining. 
with no um, one but you. <laughs> yeah, so we decided to have a little event. We were going to have a couple of tiny houses, um, you know, beer, barbecue, and who built the best ladder to their loft type thing. And um, through Facebook, we had about 200 people wanting to come. And who wants 200 people using your composting toilet? <laughs> True story. And uh, so we decided to go to Porta Potty. And as soon as we decided to go to Porta Potty, the first event was was born. So um, yeah, so our first event we had 18 tinies, a yurt, and just over 5,000 people. And um, we weren't really planning it to be a big thing. We weren't planning on doing it more than once. And we weren't planning on making money out of it. It wasn't like hey, let's do this for business or anything. But at the end of it, we had all this money left over, like a lot of money. So my wife wanted to give it to the cat rescue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm giving all that money to the cat rescue. We'll just find some dry food. Um, so what we did was we gave it all away to the local community uh, where we held the event. And um, we realized we were onto something. So, um, and then... People started calling us from different states, um, mostly car dealers and RV centers and campsites. You know, people who want us to do, hey, we're here in Suburban Georgia. Can you come do it here at our place? And they were looking at it from a business standpoint, you know, for, for you know, moneymaker for their particular enterprise, whatever it might be. And it just, we weren't feeling it. So we decided, let's start doing tiny house festivals, but let's just give the money all the way to charity. Let's just come up with. Let's use tiny house. You know, it's our lifestyle. It's, um, you know, um, I get to satisfy my craving for having some tiny house events over here on the uh, this side of the nation. And um, so we just, we do them now and we donate the money to charity to the local community where we have our events. And like our upcoming George event um, this, this month um, and like our last, we just, we give it all away. Uh, Tim and I don't make a penny off of it. Um, what do you guys do for a living? I'm sorry? What do you do for a living? How do you make your money? Um, we're in the woods. We're not allowed to disclose that. Um, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you do backyard operations Gardening. on people's dogs. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. <coughs> Red Hat and Perry, George Woods, we don't care. I'm retired, and uh, my wife's a personal trainer, which uh, basically means all of her friends come over for free, and they <laughs> beat tractor tires up with a sledgehammer. Okay. And, um, <laughs> right, okay, let me make it clear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a festival that we do, you know, two, um, we decide at once a year that we're going to do and give money away to charities that we're not going to earn a single penny. No one of the festival will be all money donated to, to the charities. And the other, we will get the money that pay off all the bills Got it. that you know, we pay for facilities and other things. And also donate the money to the other local charity. But um, yes, we will have some money that support ourselves for the next festival as well. Yeah. I see. Okay, cool. That's how it works. Cool, cool. And um how 
I'm going to ask some industry questions because that's kind of who I am. Um, how Sit much down. <laughs> how much money did do you donate to did you have you donated to charity? Um, I guess from our Georgia event, it was about forty two grand. Wow! wow. First, um, the first Georgia event, right? The first Georgia event. Um, the Florida event. He's checking his notebook. I'm trying to think what exact number would be because a lot of those five are, are um, not, you know, are nonprofits that we give the money to. It was 23 charities um, with. Um, it, it was probably about 30, 40,000 again. Um, medical equipment, homeless shelters. Nice. Um, some no uh, no kill animal shelter, um, children's halfway house. Um, that's really, really amazing. Mm. That's amazing and truly a, and I couldn't think of a better thing to do with that. Well, mm -hmm. and that's, this is, so this is the point where I start asking really personal questions to get behind why you guys decide to do that instead of pocketing the money. So where do you guys come from and how do you have this ethic? Well, I, I sold my, uh, b back in 2009, right before I met Finn, um, I, I had a very uh, successful medical research laboratory. And um, I decided I was laying in a hospital bed um, in 2000, June 6, 2009. Um, and, uh, you know, people talk about that epiphany moment, that thunderstruck, that white light moment, et cetera, um, that, that moment of clarity. And I used to always think that was just like something for the movies, you know, something to sell a cool book. Um, but I actually had that when I was laying in the hospital bed. I, I was laying there, and I just decided on June 6, 2009, that all my cars and living a life of just trying to accumulate more and more wealth just wasn't worth it anymore, that I wasn't happy, and what, that I was sick. What kind of stuff? Uh, well, first of all, I, I, I just have a billion questions. So what kind of medical research company was it? How much money were you making? How many cars did you have, and why? <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I, I was your true beaker geek nerd. Um, developed a um, uh, finger stick collection mechanism for food allergy testing uh -huh. and uh, food intolerance testing. Hmm. And then developed uh, additional immunoassays for celiac disease and Filicobacter um, pylori virus. And these were all at-home collection mechanisms. Um, so you have patents and you have an intellectual property then, analysis right? Analysis in the hands of the consumer. Do you? So, um, what's yeah, what's your so education background? Um, my first degree was in computer science. I had a software company, and then I parlayed that into research because I was writing. My company was writing software for laboratories for medical labs. So at heart, you're still kind of a startup guy. I mean, actually, I'm, I'm that guy who hears of other great things that people come up with, and I figure out a unique application to use it. Um, I'm like that blind pig that finds those golden truffles. <laughs> it's like my wife. You know, it was just sheer blind luck that I found such a beautiful woman. That was going to be yeah. my segue. Uh, speaking <laughs> of golden truffles, how did you meet your wife? <laughs> uh, what we tell everybody? 
He had a fistful of hundreds when I was swinging on a pole. We'll stick with that story. I can't be swinging a pole to begin with. We'll stick with that story. Actually, I'm kidding. I'm she, she had a fistful of uh, Jeffersons. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, we met, she was living in London, and um, we became, we were friends, really. Um, I, I Actually, I was a little, I was going through a big change in my life. I decided, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to impress her with money and um, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life. Um, I was very monolithic. I was like Jabba the Hutt with long hair. Um, I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was 80 pounds bigger and 10 inches wider than what I am now. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, really, I, I went through a huge major change. Uh, I mean, when I, uh, when I decided just to chill and, um, and somehow or another, she saw through all that fat, and she, she was like, hey, there's a nice guy in there. <laughs> Beneath all that angst and all that everything. Yeah, and, uh, oh, yeah, and, and, and uh, I think when I shaved off the goatee, and she really started to feel attracted to me. <laughs> so, um, actually, Finn asked me out on the first date. She said that I wasn't getting the hints, that I wasn't figuring out what was going on. Um, she proposed to me. Um, oh. She asked me to marry her. I said, "Show me the ring." He chose the middle of the truth, life. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "You are this old man. Do something about it." <laughs> so, I'm gonna hang around forever. How long? And how long have you been through married? Through our style, I, I, I was like, "Show me the ring," and uh, she had a hose clamp from Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> yep. She yeah, yeah, and then and then the really funny thing is when when my family and they asked me they asked me what this hose clamp was on my on my ring finger, and and I I said oh it's it's my engagement ring you know Finn's wearing a smaller one, and um, they're like, God you cheap sob and you got you you really stu- you suck I mean she's such a sweet girl and then I explained the whole story and how it was her idea and she presented it to me and they're like. Oh, oh my God! Bless her little heart. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it was her like, idea. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You thought I was yeah, her idea? Yeah. And I'm just a cheap sob, and you realize it's Finn. It's the greatest thing in the world. And they're like, "Yeah, because she's just so sweet." <laughs> are are My you? My family talks like that too. Are you from? <laughs> are you from down south? Uh, <laughs> another story is coming. That, that's another story. Yeah, golly. Um. I was adopted in Florida by an Amish family. Um, a lot of people don't realize it, but in Sarasota, Florida, in the middle of Sarasota, is an Amish community called Pinecrest. Um, and uh, so I was raised and um, in a very southern, off-British kind of country lifestyle. And I spent my whole adult life trying to amass wealth to get so far from that. Mm. And then now all I'm trying to do is get as close to that as I possibly can. So interesting. <laughs> so the, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny. So this was a traditional Amish community where you had no, you didn't draw electricity from the line and 
you did barn um, raisings and all that or what uh, actually um the family that adopted me my dad if you're familiar with what's called rumspringer yes and that's where amish people go away they get out of the amish community and they can experience life and then they make the experience the western world uh, modern world and then they make a decision if they want to go back to the Amish community, which about 86% of the folks do. Um, the uh, the man that I lovingly call my father and uh, the woman I, uh, that, you know, is my mom, you know, that, that I love so much. Um, when he was off on Rumspringer, uh, he became a born-again Christian and um, he became what's known as a, a, he was a brethren minister. Wow. And so all of his family and everybody surrounding us were traditional Mennonite, or excuse me, traditional Amish, and then also Mennonite. Um, the biggest difference being between the two sides of my family, the Amish won't turn on the light switch, the Mennonites will. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, there, there's a little bit more to it, so, but that, that's basically what it comes down to. So yeah, so my grandfather, uh, bless Dottie, he was an Amish minister. My father was a brethren minister, and then, let's add to my story, I was an evangelical, charismatic um, minister for about 12 years. What? You? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You're blowing my mind over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and then I was sat down by my dad, and he just explained to me, he's like, you're only doing this because you think you're supposed to. You basically suck as a minister. <laughs> you're, 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 you're ruining young, young lives. <laughs> Why did he say that? No, that's just that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he, I, I just stopped. He, he, he just recognized my heart wasn't in it. So, um, but anyway, it's so I just went. I just went on my um, continued on my path for business and. And then I and then I and then I met Tim. How old were you when you when you went on your way with your business? I was. Um, well, I was. You mean when I stopped from the ministry? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I had already started my software company oh, okay. while I uh, was a, a minister, but I went full time into money grubbing. Uh, <laughs> Get all I can um, mode. I guess when I was um, thirty-two. It's interesting that you went from um, the the uh, I don't want to say austere, but say let's say basic to nature kind of lifestyle, and then it seems seems like I could be wrong here, but kind of rebelled against that and went for all the money you possibly could. Found out maybe that it was empty, and then went back to kind of where you started would you say um well yes i would say that but i didn't intentionally return to where we're where i'm at today where finn and i are at today if it wasn't for finn um i recognized that i wasn't happy and that i wasn't healthy and that working seven days a week having you know three vehicles having multiple houses you know doing all of that just wasn't a good happy lifestyle for me and always trying to you know just you know it just wasn't good for me so I was going through a transition um, and that's when I met Finn um, Finn was the one who she recognized that I was always coming up to Georgia you know to get up on my property up here to 
be in the woods, but the whole idea of living tiny, going off grid, minimalism, all of that was not in my forecast or my mental forecast. So my mental forecast was let's travel, let's, let's get healthy and let's get away from the daily grind. And maybe I need not to be such a jerk to people anymore. Maybe I should start doing nice things and maybe quit hoarding everything and start giving a lot of it away. Did you? And so I was kind of in that mindset. Mm-hmm. Did you? Um, ben was of the Ben was already living tiny um, in London. She was living tiny. Um, jump in anytime, Ben. Um, yeah. yeah, just chilling out here. <laughs> she was trying to keep the we're, cats away. To, to tell you what's going on with us right now, we're building our second tiny house now. Um, uh, uh, the um, it's a tribute tiny house for firefighters. Tiny firehouse. It's a tiny. It's called the tiny firehouse, and so she's <laughs> exhausted because she's been. Um, we got the framing up today, so she's like really tired. So she's just all cuddled up in a little ball here. Well, m- head on my shoulder. Well, muster up some energy, Finn, because <laughs> I'm going to ask you some questions. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> so. Finn, are you, so you have a really distinct accent. Um, not Georgia. Not de- decidedly <laughs> not Georgia. So um, what's your background? Okay, so I'm from Thailand. I was born and raised in Thailand, and then I moved to England, um, London, actually. Um, I spent 11 years in London before I moved here six years ago. What were you doing so in London? Part of my it's kind of like all over the place. What were you doing in London? Um, I work as the receptionist, like in London. Mm, okay. And then when, when um, how did you, how did you get this question out? When you were, where did you get the, the ethics and morality that shaped, that helped shape, shape uh, John's kind of uh, return to sanity. (laughs) 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 That was such an awesome way to word it. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I always like to live simple. Um, I guess guess I've just been brought up that way. I don't know. Um, I just feel like if you have too little money will give you headaches so as if you have too much money will also cause you a headache so i kind of like like to be somewhere in the middle so and um and i don't like being around with um i could be i could be with a lot of people and at the same time i'll be happy to be by myself or you know, just do something, chilling out and things like that. So, I don't know. It's just, I guess the way I bought, I've been brought up. And then I was just trying to influence him just to just, you know, just take it easy, be simple. You know, um, if you don't want a lot of stuff, I would like him to be a lot simpler. Hmm. We can spend more time together. Hanging out. So, so chilling, hanging out, relaxing. These are these words keep coming up in this conversation. How did you guys get into a tiny house? <laughs> um, it's I, okay. Ben planted the seed like six years ago. 
like, I'm like, what? Uh, what's this on? And she's like, oh, this is like a composting thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, so two uh, cute love stories right uh, in a row. Yeah, really. You so guys. That, that was that was the seed, and then um, and then when Finn was um, one day we were talking. Or I message it. No, I don't. Uh, we're, we were talking. She was in England, and she made the observation that, you know, when we're not together, it seems like you're either up in Georgia in the woods, you're planning on going to Georgia, or you're coming back from Georgia. Because I just really like being out in the woods. You know, um, you know, I, I, I like doing things out. You know, outdoors. And she made the suggestion that I move to Georgia. You know, she said you you all and, and when she would come over, we both like to come up and, and be out in the woods, you know, up there. And it's nice when you be away from people. Yeah. You know, just be in the woods, in the outdoors. So um, she suggested moving here, and I was I was very reluctant. I I was um. No, my home's in Miami, and Finn made the observation and and these profound words. Um, she said, no, you have a house in Miami. You don't have a home there. Mm. And um, that's when we started the plan to move up here. And um, and even then, my idea to move to Georgia was, oh, I'll get an architect, we'll get a contractor, we'll build a 1,200-square-foot, you know, my idea of little. We'll build a 1,200-square-foot <laughs> um, cabin in the woods. And Finn was like, no, nah, I was thinking more like tiny, you know, like <laughs> like – couple hundred square feet <laughs> so so then that was a whole new thing for me to uh to, to get to wrap my head around so, do so um yeah do so it was kind of fun do you guys have um city services there like electricity and water or are you all off grid when we first came up here um what we did was when we we, we bought a shell and we did the whole build out of the inside mm. ourselves um uh, and we, we designed our 300 square, 304 square feet. I get to hang my hat from my man cave. It's a hook on the wall. So I'm <laughs> um, that's another story about my obsessive, <laughs> uh, uh, my obsession with buying baseball caps all the time. Um, but um, the, um, we, we designed this for a septic system, um, uh, 200 amp on grid service, um, and a well water uh, uh, connection. And then we decided to move the house, um, the cabin. Um, uh, our, the, our, our, the cabin we live in right now, not the one we're building, but the one we live in, is um, it, it, it's not on wheels. It, it's, uh, it's built on skids and raised on blocks. Hmm. So we had a company come in and lift the cabin up and move it to the property here at the lake. And when we did that, Finn had always wanted to go off grid. Yeah, I just lightened up on it. <laughs> yes, and I was totally against it. I'm like, it ain't gonna happen, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna happen. And um, but we moved the house, and when we did it, um, that's when we um, we decide because because we had. To, there was no po there's no power out here, so we got we got Georgia Power to come out, and they were like, "Well, you got to cut all these trees down, and we got to run power poles." And we were like, "This is going to be a project," and it's going to be a lot of money. Hmm. And then 
then went through the property and she put these little green plastic ribbons around all the trees she didn't want to have cut down, which turned out to be every single tree. (laughs) (laughs) I kid you not. You're supposed to put the ribbon around the ones you want to cut down. Scrub oak that's only an inch thick and can come down. She's like, no, darling, it'll grow up and be a big tree one day about acorns for the deer. decided, okay, we're not going to have the power company come in. This is going to be a big project. And um, so we went solar with um, a dual generator uh, backup system. And then um, and then we, we were go, we were going to put in a septic system. And because we're at the lake and we have a natural mm-hmm. spring on the property with this creek and because of the hill, um, it was going to be this like $12,000 septic system with yeah. these pumps and stuff and Army Corps of Engineering and water flow, all this stuff. I mean, it was just like, hey. So I looked at, I looked at Finn. I said, okay, tell me about that composting toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so with uh, we, we, uh, we, so we went with a composting toilet. And um, for all – for all the listeners out there, anything you've ever imagined about a composting toilet, I imagined ten times worse, and none of it was true. So, um, you know, nanny, nanny, boo, boo for anybody <laughs> who's afraid of a composting toilet, because actually it's not a big deal. And believe me, a composting toilet is a whole lot better than going in a hole in the wood. Right? <laughs> so, yep. Amen to that. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> How did and, you? And um, yeah, so we're off grid. Um, hooked up to uh we, we got well water um uh hooked up to it and um yeah so we're here in the woods we got a little homesteady thing going on and um um we got our oh we, we got chickens too we didn't you, you didn't have us name the chickens you know so um do they have names dinner they do. yes, yes we have Breakfast, kfc lunch. Bobby. barbie barbie so barbie. barbecue <laughs> We've got Nugget, Zaxby, Popeye, and uh, I think that's it. We have five chickens. <laughs> They're all named after chicken foods. <laughs> that's just the names of the ones they have now, not the old ones. Yeah. They were named uh, Breakfast, uh, Lunch, and Dinner. Another funny thing, you know, so, so, so yeah, so um, Finn's a personal trainer, I, you know, and I'm serious. When I say she's a bodybuilder and a personal trainer, she can kick my ever-loving <laughs> I mean, she's so strong. You can and say ass. She's four foot nine and all muscle, <laughs> and she's a vegetarian. But she she has to consume about. But she does eat eggs. That's her only animal protein intake. So she's not vegan, but she consumes like ten eggs a day. So I, not knowing anything about chickens, I'm like, all right, we'll get five eggs. We'll get five chickens. That'll help offset this uh, egg consumption. <laughs> the egg issue. So we're. So with her eating 10 eggs a day, it's like those chickens are out there sweating bullets. (laughs) (laughs) I need more eggs. Give me some eggs. (laughs) They're just out there like, you know, you shall lay eggs now. (laughs) (laughs) He's out there with like a megaphone barking. Have you seen the movie Chicken Run? Have you seen the movie Chicken Run where all the all the hens are out there in the barn and they're really sweating it because they know if they don't actually lay eggs, they become there you go. they become chicken. <laughs> I don't want to be a pie. <laughs> hey, does that make you Mel Gibson? Yeah, <laughs> the Red Rooster. 
That was a fun yeah. movie. Yeah, I love cool. quoting that movie. Thank you for that. You could take our eggs, but you can't take our freedom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're not so organized. experience in life has always been people want things from me um, at one time um, and Finn was this rare individual who all she wanted from me and all, all she's ever wanted from me is my abilities you know what what I had inside of me so like building this house and everything <clears throat> it was her idea we do it ourselves and which was really scary because Finn's idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finn's idea of a tool back then was a butter knife for a screw for a screwdriver, and uh, it was um, yeah, but yeah, we. It's a learning curve for everybody. It was a lot of fun, yeah. yeah. So um, and then me with my family, um, you know, you didn't have a choice but to learn how to use a tool. So it was it was either that or you swept sawdust out at the lumber yard. So. <laughs> That was the choices growing up. So what so, does um, what does your family think about what you're doing? Um, I have well, I, I there's there's twelve of us siblings. Um, there, there, well, there's ten now, but but there, there was originally twelve of us siblings, and um, half of them thinks it's kind of like kitschy and cool and like you know, hey, that's pretty neat. Um, the other half thinks, well, that's the way God intended it. Um, so it's, um, and then none of them though would ever want to do it. <laughs> huh. Oh my God, so. you've gone too far for the Amish. I know. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> I didn't know that could be done. <laughs> holy cats. Well, no, not holy cats. Sorry. So before we close things up, where um, this has been, this is oh such my a gosh, blast. It's been it's so fun. It's amazing how fast forty-five minutes go. Yeah. But before we do uh, close up the conversation, yeah. I do want to uh, love you to to um, shout out as far as your uh, your Florida your Florida festival was just fantastic. I want you to talk just a tiny bit about that, pun intended, <laughs> and uh, talk about what's coming up. And make sure you give a shout out to your website if people want have questions or anything like that. Um, Now's your chance. Oh, okay. Thank you. Well, um, well, our Florida festival, um, gosh, I don't know what to say other than what a blessing. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Lots of people. Lots of people. We, we were hoping to have like ten or 20,000 people, and we ended up with over 60,000. Um, it was uh, – things escalated very quickly. <laughs> Um, Extra we had 172 <laughs> volunteers, which I can't give enough of a shout out to all those folks. They're just wonderful, super awesome. All of all of you know, it, it's hard to get volunteers for an event, and we were fortunate enough to have 172 dedicated volunteers who work. Something that we do for our events is that um, our volunteers, when they sign up. They, we asked them to identify a, a charity in the local community where we hold our event. And if they are willing to put in a four-hour block of time, we will donate $10, hours or $10 an hour in their name um, for the, to that charity. So our 172 volunteers, um, they, um, 
all put in at least four hours and um and so we donated a minimum of forty dollars for each of those volunteers and their name to their particular charity uh, for in that local community there in st john's county um so um it's another way we you know it's, it, we can't pay a volunteer, but then they're not volunteers. Um, <laughs> so I, I want to let them know we really appreciate what they're doing, and we want to just put more back to the um, community. But it was, um, yeah, Florida was awesome. 60,000 people, 97 tiny houses and tiny structures, and um, and it was just, it was magnificent. And if, and, and if I have to give a shout-out, I want to do a big, huge, monster shout-out to the St. John's County Sheriff's Department. Um, don't hear that very often. Traffic situation got crazy. It got backed up for three miles in both directions there on the highway in front of the uh, fairgrounds, and they and people were abandoning their cars. Wow! <laughs> it was like they were jumping the fence into the fairgrounds wow. instead of being patient and getting into the fairgrounds, and. Um, <clears throat> It was uh, the St. John's County Sheriff's Department. They came out there and just got everything under control. And it was amazing how they could just handle all those cars. I mean, thousands of cars and all those people for three days. It was really impressive. But um, in Iowa, we, we learned a lot. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we thought we knew a lot, um, but we realized, wow, there's so much more to learn. And, um, and all the people who... Um, it was just great. It, it was really, it, it was crazy, crazy wild great. So, um, and now we have our next George event coming up uh, this uh, first weekend in March, March three through five, um, uh, here in uh, here in our hometown in Eatonton, Georgia, which is about an hour and a half southeast of Atlanta. At the uh, beautiful Ula La Lavender Farm. <laughs> yeah, we're actually having it at a lavender farm. How nice. crazy is that? Beautiful. Tiny houses amongst the lavender. It's going to be so crazy. And um, uh, tiny, house ex- tiny House Expedition, they're doing their world premiere of Living Tiny Legally Part 2. Um, we'll also be camping again, on-site camping for attendees who would like to um, come and camp and enjoy the festival. So it's a true festival. We also yep. have music again. Yeah, we have a concert. Uh, our Tiny House Festivals, we have a... Uh, concert Friday night, um, Saturday night, and then all day Saturday and Sunday, we have bands playing uh, from a stage in the middle of all the tiny houses. For all those folks who are standing in line to secure the tiny houses, we give them something to listen to mm-hmm. while the other workshops are going on, on uh, elsewhere at the uh, event. We also have Pet Corner. And uh, oh, and something we did in Florida that we're doing again in Georgia, we um, we had a um, we we had a local vet. Um, uh, who's a woodworking guy, carpenter guy? He built us a um, tiny doghouse on wheels. Yeah, a, a doghouse that looked like a tiny house on wheels. Oh and then we raffled that off, and then we gave all the money to a no kill animal shelter, and we're doing that again in Georgia. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, and then we um, uh, shout out to Elm Street Elementary out of Rome, Georgia. The fourth grade class built a tiny house based on the designs of the street, uh, the tiny house, uh, street tiny houses in L.A. Hmm. And they are presenting that um, to a homeless veteran and his wife uh, Friday night at our event. Nice. And Friday night is free. Oh, yeah. We uh, Friday at our event. It's uh, open all day during the day to students and their teachers and 
their family for free and then Friday night it's open to everybody for free cool. from 5 to 8 so well, we just that's really crazy and wild Friday night so it's a lot of fun well fantastic John and Finn obviously no love is lost in your relationship or what you do um, for the tiny house movement really really appreciate you having been on the show it's been probably one of thank our you. best um, thank you so much for the laughter and the love and the chickens and the cats and all that you're doing <laughs> for the movement uh, and then listeners, who are we talking to next week? Michelle's working on it. Okay. So we don't have anybody right now. That's awesome. We do, but it's just secret. Oh, it's secret. Awesome. That's even better. <laughs> all right. So we will see or hear or we'll be speaking to you all. Oh, they are. We'll be talking with you next week. Bye. <laughs> see ya, be ya. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if you remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Main. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sightcast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever, you tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon.